Salutations, good listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Soundproof Podcast, the only Soundproof Podcast. And as usual, my name is Brendan. I go by Mr. Dog 46 on the internet, and I am joined by Jake Muller, who of course goes by Major Bowman on the internet. Admiral Bowman, if you're friends with him on League <laughs> of Legends, but everywhere else, the good Major is here, Jake. Uh, we're back here with episode 24 here this week. I got a promotion. Is Admiral a promotion or a demotion? I don't actually know. I, I actually think they're like the same rank. Oh, okay. I, I, I was curious one day. No. I was okay. I like I went to make my account on League whenever I like ten years ago whenever I first made it. Mm-hmm. And uh Major was taken, so I just picked some other random rank I could think oh, of okay. in the military. I like to think that you were afraid of like giving yourself a promotion or a demotion <laughs> that was unwarranted, so you made sure to seek out something that was like a diagonal move or a lateral move. Uh, but anyway, we're here with episode 24. Um, That's correct. So, of course, we will be going through our dot .24 Pokemon, and we do have results from the only uh, VGC tournament to happen, the only notable one. I know there are a couple ladder tours going on right now, but those yeah. are kind of hard to track results for, and you know you could question the results of just spamming best of one. Um, so the women's tour, of course, is the tournament that did happen two weekends ago. Uh, it is Series 6, which, surprise, is not a relevant format anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank so, God. So we will talk about the results uh you know, in in the context of the season six tournament, and then uh, certainly with an eye towards series five and whether or not there's anything in that tournament that we can kind of look towards uh, as we go back to series five to get ready for Players Cup two. And of course, we'll have the ladder as always. Um, and of course, uh, we did have to kind of filter the ladder results subjectively a little bit. Um, uh, so the latter is maybe fake news, according to some this <laughs> week. Uh, but basically, we wanted to make sure that we were uh, featuring the Series 5 teams that were at the top of the ladder on Babiri this week. So we'll talk about those as well. But without further ado, we will go into the Dash 24 Pokemon, starting in the Kanto region, as we do every week, with Pokemon number 24 and Arbok. Arbok is purple. And it doesn't take much. Well, you know what, Jake? Let's let's move on real quick to to one twenty four. <laughs> Jinx is purple. How do you feel about Jinx? Jinx is also purple. Oh, okay. I was I was kind of hoping you'd go in the other direction because Jinx is a weird Pokemon. I don't like it. <laughs> well, okay, we'll we'll come back to that. Arbok <laughs> is like, it's like fine. I really don't like snakes at all, and so I'm not like the hugest fan of Arbok. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like. I don't know. I, I really love Team Rocket, as I've probably said a hundred times by now. Like Jesse and James are just so funny, and I love them. Um, so I, I, I always associate Arbok with Jesse. So it's fine. It's cool. It's whatever. It stinks in Masters. <clears throat> oh, it's so bad. <laughs> Stinky. Uh, I feel not super strongly towards Arbok. I remember thinking that when I when I played through Gen One, so this is way back in what 1999, probably I first played it. I, like, didn't see Arbok a lot, I don't think, at all. Like, I don't think you see it that much until you face uh, Agatha. I think she has one. Mm. And it looks, like, the Gen 1 sprite is, like, very imposing, and it looks really <laughs> cool. And it's one of those Pokemon that's kind of been, like, dumbed... I don't want to say dumbed down, but, like, now you're like, oh, it's a snake, where, right. like, you can use perspective, and some of those Gen 1 sprites are really big and, like, in your face and stuff like that, but now it's just, like, a snake, and it, like, slithers <laughs> in Gen 8, and it's, like, not as spooky-looking as it was in Gen 1, where it's, like, kind of imposing. Yeah. Um, so... 
I used to think it was a really cool Pokemon. Now I think it's kind of whatever. Um, 124 is Jinx. Oh, sure uh, is. Design-wise, I think, man, they really dove right into it with the kissing Pokemon <laughs> in Gen 1. They're just like, we're going to smack Lovely Kiss in there, and Jinx is going to get it, and it's going to put you to sleep and make of that what you will. <laughs> I mean, if their goal is to, like, make it, like, scary, or, like, I don't know what off, they were going putting? for. I, like, is, I mean, it's definitely off-putting, but was yeah. it, like, supposed to be intimidating? Or, like, I don't maybe, know. Maybe it was supposed to be normal-looking, and they just totally missed the mark. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to make a humanoid Pokemon, and they ended up with Jinx. <laughs> I think my, my favorite thing about Jinx is they had to recolor it after, like, it kind of yeah, looked like it was yeah. a, like a parody of Blackface or whatever, so now it's more purple. Right. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah. Jinx is actually a Pokemon that I have used competitively in the past on a Hail team, and <laughs> I actually sort of did kind of like it in that setting, because it does actually do some cool things, like Lovely Kiss is obviously a unique application. It has mm-hmm. Fake Out and Trick Room, and it can spam Blizzard, and it like has a pretty high special attack. Um, but of note, fun fact, Jinx has the same defense stat as Rattata. <laughs> 35. I actually lost to a Jinx at Dallas 2019 when I was oh, using Chansey. Oh, yeah, when, in Moon. It was, uh, uh, what's his face? Will, Monkey. Um, he's using, like, the Hello Ogre stuff. And it, it gets, oh, like, Skull Swap right. with Dice. There was a Jinx on that team. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. I lost to him. That was funny. I totally forgot about that. All right. Well, uh, one, uh, 224 into the Johto region is Octillery. And I think we might have talked about this as it pertains to Remoraid. But yeah. um, Octillery was one of those Pokemon that, like, the original design for it leaked as part of uh, those, like, mines that we got from those old demo versions of Silver mm-hmm. and Gold. And its original design is way cooler. It, like, looks like a tank, and it totally makes sense as to the design. And, like, Ryan. it's like they named it's like they named the tank version of it and then changed the design. And now we have, like, this artillery octopus, but it's only an octopus with a big mouth. Like, it doesn't have any <laughs> of, like, the artillery elements that it used to have. Yeah, like, Remoraid still, like, slightly resembles a gun yeah. in the sense that it's, like, long and narrow. Uh, but, like, Arc- artillery looks nothing like a tank or some, like, artillery Yeah, not anymore. It, or, it yeah. used to have, like, a helmet. Yeah. And it looked, it looked like really it was, cool. like, it looks like it had wheels. Like, it looked like a tank. <laughs> yeah. Um... But uh, it maintains none of that, and now it's just kind of an afterthought. It does get moody, which is you know I was gonna to, say that something to talk about. But <laughs> everyone's I mean, favorite ability. Whatever. Uh, Three twenty-four, a very relevant Pokemon, something that you've probably seen quite a bit over the past couple weeks, and certainly will be seeing in Players Cup two. Is Torkoal. Torkoal's cool. In in every generation of DOU that I've played, there's been like a go-to hard trick room team, and Torkoal is featured heavily on the current iteration of that. So, that's what I, that's like what that's what I think of when I think of Torkoal first. But obviously, very relevant to VGC as well. Yeah, I, I definitely think of it as a like Lilicol is what is evoked first when <laughs> yeah. I think of it competitively. Um, outside of competitively, the thing that I always think about is: Have you seen that like video or GIF from the anime where Ash's Torkoal just like jumps in the water and like sinks to the bottom? <laughs> <laughs> It's like so funny. Yeah. Like it's like one of those inconsistencies in the anime where like they animated it because Torkoal is a turtle but didn't stop to think about that it's like a fire <laughs> That's really funny. So it just like jumps in and then it goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I'm gonna have to go find it. Okay. That reminds uh, me of the scene in SpongeBob where they're like sitting around a campfire under. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think like someone like dropped a note down, and it was all like smudge because you know obviously ink smudges when it gets right. wet. SpongeBob's right. like, whoever sent this obviously has no concept of the physical limitations of life underwater, <laughs> and then throws the note into the fire. <laughs> That's so exactly good. what it's like. Except, <laughs> except, like the Pokemon anime wasn't self-aware enough to like, yeah. realize <laughs> that they're just like Turkle's gonna go for his. <laughs> uh, okay, four twenty-four uh, is Ambipom, and uh, Ambipom, I'll tell you, has been thoroughly ruined for me uh, <laughs> by Pyromaniac seven twenty. Oh um, yeah, I forgot about that. It's one of those Pokemon that he just like used to slap onto every team, and he was like, "I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know." And and for for the record, Stephen and I are good friends. I would say all of this to his face, uh, and have <laughs> said all of this to his face. So it's fine. As everyone knows, trash talking is fine as long as it's something that you would say to somebody's face. Right. Um. So Ambipom, not a good Pokemon competitively. Um. Does a lot of damage with Fake Out, and that's the extent of its niche. And he used yeah. to try and like slap it onto all these teams. And every time we were trying to team build, I was like, "Okay, I mean, we need a Pokemon." that does these two things and to be fair ambipom does do a lot of things it has a lot of moves because it's like some wacky normal type monkey pokemon but it doesn't do anything well yeah and that's, and that's wherein lies the problem <laughs> i i kind of like it it's like it, it was featured heavily in the gen 4 anime uh and i watched a lot of that arc of the anime so i kind of liked it it was it was a fun little character but that's about the extent of it. I never like touched it in a competitive setting at all. Mm-hmm. And don't. I would really strongly <laughs> recommend that you don't. <laughs> uh, Five twenty-four this week is Rog and Rolla, um, and you know the the Gigalith line. I guess is kind of relevant competitively, mm-hmm. uh, especially for people that played twenty seventeen. But Rog and Rolla and uh, what is it? Boldor. Boldor are yeah. Pokemon that I routinely forget exist. Rogan, I don't like Rock and Roll. It scares me because it just has that like circle on its face, and I don't know if that's its eye or its like mouth or like a combination. I, like I don't know what's going on there, and it's a little off-putting. Maybe you're not meant to, Jake. You know, I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe I just can't comprehend the enigma that is Rock and Roll. It could be it. And we're gonna leave <laughs> you with that this week. Six twenty-four uh, is Ponyard. And um, what, what I always think about uh, with Ponyard is there's this webcomic um, from like a bunch of years back. And it's like this Ponyard who's like doing things with his trainer. And he's like, they're like chopping wood. And then they're like, uh, they're like dicing vegetables to cook. And then the last, uh, the last panel is the trainer is like holding on to the edge of a cliff. And Ponyard's standing over the cliff and he's like staring <laughs> at his hands. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> That's oh what god. I always think about with Ponyard. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh. So funny. I'm gonna have to go find it. There's so many things I have to find for the culture after we finish recording this. <laughs> this. Yeah, that's. Uh, I hate it. Oh god. Uh, also, Little Cup staple. Little Cup staple. Yeah, yeah. It's been really good in Little Cup for the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's like fine. I like the chess theme, Pawn and Bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a. The trainer in Gen 5, the Georgia, I think was her name in the anime. Oh, is the she one the, dra- that... the dragon slayer? Yeah, the one that hated Iris. mess with Iris, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she had a Ponyard. She had a Bishart, yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. 
That's about it. <laughs> she also had Bear Tick, which is yeah. much, much much better Pokemon for somebody who claims to be a anti dragon trainer. But well, hey, Steel resists. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's fine. Um, seven twenty four is Decidueye. Um. Which, uh, a couple things about Sidueye. First of all, I'm sick of hearing Caleb talk about it. <laughs> and I wish I wish he would stop. Uh, second of all, uh, Seijun has been laddering with it. And I think he peaked at number one on the in-game ladder with it. Um, with his uh, weakness policy, Drift Blim. I've played that on ladder on PS so many times in the last mm-hmm. couple of days. And yeah, I'm sick of it. The... Please stop using it. It's really <laughs> annoying. This is, a, this is a PSA. If you use it, I will dislike you. because Everybody it's... knows what it does, though. <laughs> uh, well yeah but like you can't it's hard to stop because like yeah. you can't fake it out you can't rage powder it I mean, it's, this right. was series six so togekiss what didn't exist mm-hmm. and like i don't like what do we do <laughs> i don't like it you lose that's what you do yeah <laughs> you lose and the last pokemon uh this week 824 is Blipbug, uh which i think the line is really cool i i actually like that line a lot um I was actually really disappointed in what it ended up being competitively because I thought there was a lot of potential with it and Orbeetle and like G-Max Orbeetle look really awesome. Uh, yeah. but it all begins with Blipbug and um, it was kind of one of those Pokemon because I tried to do a blind run through Sword and Shield. Like I tried to minimize spoilers and stuff like yeah. that. And when it leaked, I didn't look. So when I ran into Blipbug for the first time, I was like, this is the wackiest looking thing, but you can tell that it's going to turn into something cool just because of like <laughs> like what it is. Like it has those big old eyes. Like yeah. And then it, it did. It turns into Orbeetle, which is a uh, neat Pokemon. I also did a blind first run. Like I, I didn't look at spoilers or anything. But I never saw a blip bug. Oh. Like, not once did I see it. And then I saw, like, an Orbeetle later on. And then someone, like, mentioned the word blip bug. And I was like, oh, what's that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's just something that I happened to miss. And, like, you know you know how, like, in the beginning of a generation, there are always some Pokemon that you, like, don't remember. Yeah, you don't know about until, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was blip mm. bug for me. Blip bug. Yeah, he's a good one. Good little bug. All right, we're going to jump into uh, the ladder now. And uh, as I, I don't know, I was going to say alluded to, but I think I was a little bit more straightforward in it. We did curate the teams at the top a little bit to make sure that we were selecting Series 5 teams. And also, I think there was one team um, that only had four Pokemon. And also, uh, Babiri picked up um, a ladder account uh, for somebody that was recently playing metronome battles. <laughs> uh, so there's like a team of Togekiss, uh, Snorlax, Clefable, and uh, Miltank very high up on the ladder right now, uh, according to Babiri. So we're, uh, again, <laughs> curating uh, subjective, a uh, little bit of subjective uh, tint to the ladder this week. But of course, we'll still bring you all the best teams. And at number one this week is a pretty defensive-looking team of Grimmsnarl, Arcanine, Gyarados, Tyranitar, Amoongus, and Duraludon. Yeah, I mean, this looks like it could be a six team if you just took the Gyarados off. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wait, Tyranitar too. And Tyranitar, yeah. Yeah, never mind. Um, I think it looks okay. It kind of looks like it does nothing. Like That's my main issue with it. A lot of Grimmsnarl teams, I think, have that issue. But I know Grimmsnarl Duraludon's a combo that people like a lot, so... Yeah, and I think Grimstarl Arcanine sees a lot of is a, is like a pretty common combination as well, just because you can like just prevent mitigate so much damage. That's true. Yeah, with screens um, and snarl and whatever. Yeah, it is. and I know defensive teams were definitely kind of gaining steam towards the end of Players Cup one with mm-hmm. uh, Rock Roxon's run, where he was running that like Corviknight team with Gashadon yep. and Arcanine, and I think he had a Grimstarl as well. He did. Um, so yeah. this kind of seems like more of an updated take on it. Um. 
It looks pretty cool. It's, I don't think it's something that I would play, uh, just because I don't really like Grimmsnarl, but the other five Pokemon are pretty neat looking. I like Grimmsnarl uh, a lot in 6v6. Like, I've used it a lot in DOU, and I think it's good there, but I, I think it takes up too much space on a 4v4 team. I think it has, like, because you can throw up screens, like, and then what? You have to make use of those a lot quicker in, in like, a 4v4 game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's probably fine. And I, and I there's other ways to use it, too. Like, Fake Tears, Grimmsnarl was a big thing, like, way early on in the format that was that was yeah. popping up at Dallas and stuff. So I think that's cool. Um, And that, I guess with Duraludon, that could be Fake Tears. I can see that. Yeah, it could be. And I think Spirit Break is also a really good move. I think that's yeah, pretty definitely. standard on Grimmsnarl now, but that's when you start to run into like a slot crunch, as all pranksters have, where like, do you have to drop a screen? Do you not want mm-hmm. to use Thunder Wave? Uh, but it's cool. It's not It's not a Pokemon that I feel a strong affinity towards, but I totally understand it and hate playing against it. Um, uh, number two on the ladder, kind of a far departure from the first team on the ladder, <laughs> uh, is a Rain team featuring Politoed, uh, Gallade, uh, Alolan Marowak, Kingdra, Indeedy Female, and uh, an Urshifu, which I presume is the Dark-type one, but it is a rain team, so it could certainly be... Yeah, it's the Dark-type one. Um, so yeah, pretty uh, offensive rain team there. Yeah, like... I don't know. Kalaid <laughs> is not doing it for me here. <laughs> I mean, rain I, doesn't do it for me either, so... Well, I yeah, a that's, a, that's another issue, but... Like, I guess Gallade and Didi is kind of cool. You can trick room for the Marowak with the Gallade, and you can set up Psychic Terrain for, like, Zen Headbutts and stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, I get it. And Gallade, it's, like, surprisingly bulky, too. It has a pretty high special defense, I think. Um, yeah. Um, Gallade was one of those things that I kind of, like... Like, when Indeedee Hat was really popular, like, in week one, like, week one of Series 1, I was like, okay, but what if it's Gallade? Um, but that was kind of, like, before... I realized that Max Knuckle was always going to be basically yeah. five, which really takes a win, a lot of the wind out of Gallade's sails, I think, because it would be a, a really cool Max Pokemon if it had like full power Max Knuckles. I think. Did is Steadfast one of the abilities that blocks Intimidate now? Did it get that treatment? Mm, I don't think so. Okay, I I couldn't remember what they are. It's like Scrappy and Interfocus, but beyond that, I don't yeah, know. I think it's just um, those two, isn't it? Okay. I was gonna say if that's the case, Maybe then I, that's, I can see the case for it more. Oh yeah, Oblivious does. You're right. Um, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So it's a cool Pokemon. Yeah. Um, and it's fun in Masters Gallade, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, the number three team on the ladder this week is Wahakov. I think this team the we legend. might have talked about a couple times ago. Yeah. Um, and it just hasn't decayed since then. Um. Either that or he's got multiple accounts up there now. But it is a team. It is a team of uh, I can't even think of the name. Lycanroc, the the midday one. <laughs> uh, Tyranitar, Cobalion, uh, Dragapult, Indeedee Female, and uh, Arcanine. And we all know what freaking Lycanroc does. <laughs> is that midday? I forget what the. I know dusk. Uh, dusk is the dusk, no. So guardian. it's got to be dawn. Is midday the orange one? Yeah. So that might be I dawn. Think, no, no, I think that's, dawn, that's dawn's midday. the orange one. So. Yeah, uh, this is midday. I just, no, I just no, didn't no, remember no, no. what the three. The orange were. one is dusk because it's supposed to be based on, um, uh, on like the golden hour. So there's midday, midnight, and I think dusk is the orange. Oh, one. midnight. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I know on this team it does a lot of like rock slide spamming. Yeah, and there's and obviously think... like the beat up option with Cobalion. Right, and then it usually has taunt. I think on the Lycan Rock, and then mm. he is always running like some 
random like tech attack in the last slot and it learns <laughs> like play rough and like all of the elemental fangs and stuff like that i know in his gen 8 team he had yeah Fire fang, and fang for cart yeah yeah i want to say i saw it play rough at some point huh. um and starfall did like a decent amount of damage yeah uh, but yeah it does it does a lot of things it has a lot of moves um, we're going to skip the number four team on Nibiri this week on to number five, which is very standard looking sun featuring Togekiss, Torkoal, uh, Tyranitar, Dusclops, Venusaur, and Charizard. And I think at this point we pretty much all know what that does. Yeah, we, we don't, we know. It's we know. like standard sun. About it? We don't have to talk about it. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at number six or number five, I guess for our purposes on the ladder this week is, I believe this is Desu's six. Uh, from his uh, Players Cup familiar, team, yeah. uh, which is with the uh, Teraki and Dragapult, Incineroar, uh, Rillaboom, Porygon 2, and Primarina. And of course, kind of the the uh, noteworthy part of his team, or at least kind of the piece that uh, ended up getting kind of the most hype over his Players Cup run is that uh, Teraki and Dragapult lead, mm-hmm. um, where he has the, the helping hand on Teraki and it also beat up on Dragapult. So he'll just like lead the two of them and make you guess which one he's going to Dynamax. Yeah. I like that uh, a lot because, like, a lot terrifying. of times, the Dragapult on like beat up teams is almost always just like a support win, kind of like the ones on cold teams with Surf. Right. Um, but this option makes you a lot more scary because, um, like you said, you can just like if if you expect them to like cover the beat up into Trachea and Max, you can just helping hand Max move with Dragapult and probably take right. a KO. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it does a lot of different things. Um, at number six on the ladder this week is a team of uh, Charizard, Clefairy, Rillaboom, Incineroar, Terrakian, uh, Urshifu. <laughs> They're kind of the same Pokemon. Urshifu and uh, Whimsicott. And I actually like this team a lot. This is kind of like very similar to what I had originally ripped when I was starting to test for uh, Players Cup 2. So definitely uh, favoring Clefairy stuff quite a bit right now. It's cool, yeah. Clefairy has been popping up a lot, and it's definitely a good mon. I like... I'm not the hugest fan of Charizard without Sun. I like maybe the Whimsicott has Sunny Day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like you aren't getting as much out of Charizard if you're not running Sun as you could. Because like Wild Felt, Wildfire, that is what I was trying to say, still does a lot of damage. And obviously the, the secondary effect is the main draw of it. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like if you're using Charizard, it's still going to be really frail. Like it's not a bulky Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be attacking with it, I think you want to be a, like going full on but i think that just might be me Mm -hmm. yeah i kind of like it i think you are kind of forced to invest like scale back and invest in uh some of the defenses a little bit because it hits some nice calcs and like will survive rock type attacks when it's next to clefairy or within Mm -hmm. intimidate and stuff like that um and the thing that i like about it outside of sun is that i feel like when you're running sun like you're inclined to go life orb Um, right and then you're super frail. And, like, if you get three attacks off with Charizard and your Gigantamax, like, you've done well with it and you'll probably win the game. Um, but when you play it outside of Sun, you get the opportunity to do things like run Assault Vest or run Safety Goggles or run Love yeah. Barrier or run Charty Barrier or something like that. Um, that allows you to, like, actually play the Pokemon a little bit more and take advantage of the max moves instead of just, like, clicking really strong wildfires twice and then dying. Um, so it's definitely, like, a, a little... Like, it, it is functionally way way different um when you play it without sun but i think this team kind of is like attempting to capture the best of both worlds because i'd be surprised if that wasn't sunny day whimsicott yeah 
Moving on to number seven for the week is a, uh, well, it does kind of look like it was inspired by Series 6, but then does have a Togekiss and an Indeedee on it. <laughs> uh, so it is a team of uh, Dracovish, Whimsicott, uh, Cobalion, Galarian, Slowbro, Indeedee, and uh, Whimsicott. Uh, Whimsicott. Togekiss, Togekiss, not Whimsicott. Well, there's Whimsicott. <laughs> um, the... I know this isn't the most unique thing about this team. We can talk about the rest in a second, but I like I still like tremble whenever I see Dracovich Whimsicott. And yeah, like I know it's scary. like not that good. Like it's just it's really strong, but there's a lot of things that can at least like scare it away. But it's still like I don't I don't want to play against that. Like just Ficious Rend is stupid. <laughs> yeah, there's also I think arguably scarier is when people like stick Dracovich in the back and they'll like play beat up beat up Whimsicott plus Cobalion in the front and then like Dracovish in the back. Yeah. Uh, Dracovish and Didi in the back is freaking terrifying when you've like <laughs> expended resources in the early game to try and deal with your opponent's Dynamax and then they whip out in right. every direction with Dracovish. Like, please. That's what a really good this, point, yeah. What do we think this is? Um, yeah, so those sorts of like super strong hyper-offensive options are, are always things that are really tough to deal with. Luckily, the we have cool, though. Lord and Savior Rillaboom to deal with it. Yeah, Slumber <laughs> is neat. Um... I feel like it kind of like its Galarian form would almost be just like significantly better if they just kind of left the stats alone and didn't try to give it a, like an attack stat. Yeah. Uh, in Galar, um, I kind of understand what they were going for with the shell sidearm or whatever it's called, but it would have been cooler if they just like gave it that ability and then left it as a special attacker and way better. Because uh, it's a neat, it's a neat, it's a neat typing. I like it a lot. Yeah, and shell sidearm is really cool. It's the the mechanics are like entirely unique it's not really a clone of something like photon geyser mm-hmm. where it like picks your higher stat like shell sidearm picks or it, it like does the calc so it like runs the calc for a special attack and it runs the calc for a physical attack and it uses the one that would result in higher damage mm-hmm. so it like it takes into account their defense and special defense too which is pretty cool um but i think i agree i like if they had just given it the same slow stats i think that would have been little bit better but i'm like even even so like expanding force in terrain i'm sure is really strong and especially if, if i think quick if you draw. have quick yeah. yeah i think if you have quick law on it you have like a 40 percent chance or something of so either funny. that feel, or the ability activating i feel like at that point you just like wouldn't not run quick claws well it's one of those yeah. things it's like where the the ability like or it complements you know the other things that it does so well and like multiplicatively that you may as well right <laughs> um and I'm pretty yeah, sure you can still use that in terrain because it doesn't. It's technically it's, not priority. You're it's just not priority. You just move to the front of the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Interesting Pokemon. Um, definitely. So for number eight for us, I think. Am I counting correctly? I keep having to subtract right. one here. Yeah. Uh, is uh, good stuffs. Yeah. Uh, .jpg with Rillaboom, <laughs> uh, Arcanine. Tyranitar, Dragapult, Primarina, which is a great Pokemon, by the way, and Mimikyu. <laughs> this is a Primarina Lo- stand podcast. Love Primarina. <laughs> we haven't seen Mimikyu in a while. It's like it it's been fell a, off. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since like the Triple Ghost team earlier on. Yeah, I feel like uh, Yuri's Bisharp killed it. Killed Triple Ghost. <laughs> like Triple Ghost is dead now, and yeah. uh, Mimikyu, like it still does all the things that it's always done. I don't know. Right. It still said Trick Room. It'll still do some decent damage. Disguises is a really good ability too. It's it's a good thing they didn't give Mimikyu stats because if they did, that would have been a little scary. Busted. Yep. <laughs> and arguably, getting rid of its ability to use Focus Sash was like a necessary nerf as well. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Um, 
All right, at number nine on the ladder this week, as we skip over a Series 6 team, uh, is a team of Talonflame, so it's at least Series 6-inspired. <laughs> uh, Primarina, Excadrill, Togekiss, Luxray, that is not a misprint, and Dragapult, <laughs> Dragapult being the sixth. That's, uh, I think, we I, I talked about this later on when we are talking to Alyssa, but I think Talonflame is something that could stick around uh, as like a remnant of series six. I think it's like priority tailwind is obviously really good. It has a lot of cool support tools in its kit. Um, and it still does some pretty strong damage with like brave bird and flare blitz. And I've seen overheat and heat wave on it too. Um, just as, as options that don't break gale wings. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm, I was annoyed that they destroyed gale wings in gen seven because I didn't really think that was super necessary, but I'm very happy they did now that we have dynamic speeds, like being yeah, able to just true. come in yeah. whenever and hit tailwind again is just kind of crazy. So I don't particularly mind that anymore. Or to hit max airstream would have made it really good. Oh yeah. With dynamic yeah. speeds as well. Um, but uh, we do. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't speak a little bit about Luxray. Yeah, I was uh, say that. <laughs> which of course is an intimidator, and is just kind of like Pokemon of choice to try and deal with bulky waters. Because for whatever reason, this individual wanted to. Like, it looks like it was kind of an attempt to like roll, condense, intimidate, <laughs> and like Rillaboom kind of. So it doesn't really like you know do those things as well as like an actual <laughs> intimidator or an actual thing that can damage bulky waters. But like, uh, it gets access to superpower, which is a niche. Um, so you can True. use it to like punch yeah. stuff like Tyranitar and do a sizable amount of damage to Incineroar and this that I just, thing. I'd be very surprised if Luxray was like actually consistently performing well. Yeah, like it, it's just—it's something that I think people have like been trying to make work ever since it doesn't have the stats. Existed. Yeah, it just doesn't have stats, which is sad. But it needs to be like faster or bulkier, and yeah. instead it's just like kind of sitting in the middle of all of these things. So. <laughs> uh Give it a dark typing, and then we'll talk. Um, the last team we're going to talk about, I don't know, I, I guess it's number 10 here, is I believe a carbon copy of Santi's team from uh, the Players' Cup. So this is uh, Dragapult, Urshifu, uh, Rillaboom, Togekiss, Incineroar, and uh, Colossal, of course, being the linchpin of the team there. <laughs> we did see uh, win Players' Cup 1, and uh, it's a really scary team. Yeah. Like, I I think we've talked about Cole enough to like have it established that we love Cole here. Yeah, um, this is cool. I I don't I don't remember the six on Santi's team, which is probably bad, but I think this is probably pretty similar. I think this um, is it. Is this the six? I, I don't remember that. if he had Incineroar. That's the only thing. Yeah. Either way, still really good. Still a team that is definitely something to look out for going forward. Cole isn't going anywhere. Oh yeah, um, that's the six. That's the six. Okay. Meteor Beam was such a big buff for it, uh, because now Volcalith is actually strong and not based off Ancient Power. Um, and it also got... Did it get Earth Power? Has it always had Earth Power? I think it's always had Earth Power. It's always had Earth Power, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think so. Kinda, that's something people are using with it now. You have to choose between Earth Power and Protect, basically, unless you want to give up a Grass move. Yeah. Hint, you don't. <laughs> um, I don't think, anyway, but what do I know? Uh, all right, so that's where we're at with the ladder this week. That's our top ten. And again, we made sure to pull all the Series 5 teams because Series 6 is dead. 
Uh, it existed exclusively for the glory of the women's tournament, uh, <laughs> which is what we're going to talk about real quick here now. And uh, they did provide, I believe, all of top cuts. So all 19 teams, I think they cut two or something like that. Yeah, it was uh, all X and twos. Yeah, but we'll hit on at least the top eight. Um, there's kind of a lot to talk about. Usually when we like go through tournament results, it's like we talk about the top eight, and then there's like, oh, we'll talk about the highlights in the next six top 16 teams or whatever, and we <laughs> talk about like two teams. But I would really like to talk about just about every team uh, right. here. So we'll try and shoot through the highlights quickly and, and talk a little bit about Series 6. Um, the tournament was won by uh, Fiona, who's using a team of uh, Raichu, Duraldon, uh, Talonflame, Lapras, Urshifu, and Serena. And Jake and I were talking a little bit about this, but this is like kind of similar to what I might have expected like a Series 6 team to look like. Mm-hmm. Like if you had told me, you know, here's the criteria for the tournament, that's like maybe 5 out of 6 Pokemon that I would have expected to be like top 10 to 15 in usage, uh, with Raichu being the exception. Talonflame Lapras is something that a lot, a lot of people were talking about yep. when we first started Series 6, so I'm not surprised to see you here. Obviously really good. I, I think on a team like this, it's usually more offensive Lapras, leaving like Life Orber. Uh, weakness policy. I don't know exactly what Fiona's using, but um, probably one of those. It's cool. I, I think it's neat. Um, Resonance is probably the best Dreamax move. Uh, you might, maybe you can maybe make a case for the like Volcalith, Wildfire, whatever clones. Uh, but it, like setting up Aurora Veil while doing that much damage is criminal. And I like it, it. I don't know. I, I it works a lot for this team because I think a lot everything on this team other than the Raichu can like really benefit from Aurora Veil because they're all like kind of like medium-ish bulky. I guess not Talonflame either, but the rest of them are. And so Aurora Veil just makes them even more impossible to take down. It's cool. I like it. Yeah. No, I think it's a cool team. Um, I think, uh, and, and I know we've been playing with this Pokemon quite a bit recently, but I think Serena makes a ton of sense as like a third Pokemon in a Firewater Grass for Talonflame and uh, Lapras there too. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, at number two, and I, I honestly, I feel like ta- uh, Sylvian matches up really well against Fiona's team, so I might have to, I didn't get to catch finals, but I might go back and check out that match just because I feel like, like, if you were to show me these two teams that I would favor, uh, Lisa's <laughs> team over Fiona's, uh, yeah. but it is a team featuring uh, Clefairy and Sylveon, uh, which feels like it should be hard for Fiona to break, she must have Dynamaxed her on all three games. I would uh, imagine. Talonflame, uh, Hydreigon. Uh, Terrakian and Azumarill, which feels like it should be good in, in the Series 6 format, too. Yeah, Azumarill is kind of cool. I I think it was starting to pick up in Series 5 towards the end, too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Uh, but it definitely makes sense here. It's like huge power with max moves is really cool. Um, I don't think Belly Drum is the good set anymore. I agree. I don't... Like, I, I, that wasn't me saying my opinion. I was, like, thinking what people are using. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's neat. It's super bulky. If you're running those max moves with it. it, it's also something that I think Fiona's team struggles with some, like the triple fairy. She doesn't really have a fairy resist because Talonflame doesn't resist anything. Um, yep. So again, I couldn't watch the finals like Brennan said, but I'm really interested now that I'm thinking about it even more. I don't, know how, I don't know how Fiona did this. Yeah. Duraldon doesn't resist special attacks either. Right. So. Um, yeah, Azumarill's cool. I think one of the coolest things about it is that uh, it got a steel move in the switch-in generation. Oh, yeah. matters <laughs> now that Dynamax is applicable. So you like are almost running, almost always running Steel Roller as the third attack. Uh-huh. Um, 
yeah, I think it's really neat. And of course, it's always had access to Max Knuckles. So if you want to do things like that, um, you know, you could just use Max Strike. It, I believe it is one of the Pokemon that lo- it probably lost Knock Off. Didn't it? It must. I be. think so. I don't. And know then Aqua sure. Jet is always a thing. So if yeah. you want to Aqua Jet things, there you go. Um, the number three team on the ladder is the one that I think we talked to this uh, to Lissa about this a yeah. little bit. Is the team with the Dubwool on it. Uh, so it is a team of Dubwool, Dusclops, uh, Arcanine, Primarina, Amoongus, and Urshifu. So if you close your eyes and don't look at Dusk, uh, the Dubwool, it's a like a pretty standard like kind of what you'd <laughs> expect Series Six to look like. And then there's a goat there. Um, so it's a cool Pokemon. I think Alyssa was saying that this was uh, a Dusclops. The Dusclops did not have Trick Room, yeah. so that the only method of speed control on this team was Max Strike from Double, uh, <laughs> which is hilarious because yeah. like it just can't do that much damage. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially because I think Double is probably best used for like Cotton Guard uh, body press stuff. I think that's what so, it is. I mean, yeah, most likely. But I yeah. like I wouldn't ever think to Dynamax if you're using that kind of set. Especially with the Primarina on your team. Those other Pokemon like to Dynamax that much. I guess it's probably the second best Dynamaxer now that I'm looking at it. There you go. Maybe your Shifu, but yeah, probably. Yeah, and then uh, the the final top four team is a team piloted by Nemesis that features Klefki, Lyperd, Braviary, Hitmontop, uh, Primarina, and uh Duraldon. I have a hard time coming up with names sometimes. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of an interesting combination of Pokemon there. Like it's double prankster and it's like the two pranksters that you know are gonna give you like a hard time. Yeah. Like, you don't know you don't know what their move pool right. is. Like, yeah, like totally some agree. like pranksters are all annoying in general. Like you see a Thunderous or a Sableye or a uh what's the other one? I just lost it. Oh my god. Sableye? No, I just said that. Whipscott? Yes, thank you. You see those three, and you're like, okay, this might be annoying, but, like, I know what they do. But, like, Lyperd and Klefki, what are they doing? <laughs> like, we, we've seen Lyperd some with, like, the, like, uh, Hatterene with the... Yeah, the copycat TR Right, stuff. Yeah. yeah. But like, there's no trick room on this team, and I would see this team and probably have a panic attack, because yeah. I just don't want to have to deal with that. <laughs> I think one positive thing about it is you can look there and know that one of them doesn't have a focus sash. <laughs> True. Um, which is a little bit reassuring. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they they just have like such a deep move pool, and I wouldn't know what it is. That feels like the the kind of situation where like Klefki would like confuse Rayu or something. Right. Be like okay, <laughs> <laughs> very well. Uh, all right, we'll finish going through top eight here uh, at fifth place. Uh, I think I was saying to Jake at some point that this is kind of almost exactly what I would have expected a Series Six team to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was a lot of hype around Durant. Uh, so this is a team run by Pink Sylvie that featured uh, Rotom Wash. Arcanine, Braviary, Hydreigon, uh, Amoongus, and Durant. Durant is something that I think a lot of people were hyping up for Series 6 when we first saw it. Like, specifically Goth Durant. And I want to say there's no Goth Durant in... I don't think there is. There are Durant, Um, but not Goth Durant. Yeah, just no Gothitelle. Mm -hmm. Um, There's there's not Gothitelle in Cut at all. That's weird. It's always been kind of a niche Pokemon. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, Durant is still cool. It's it's gotten no less strong than it has been in the past. Uh, no Incineroar means that Arcanine is the only like fire intimidate, and you can just kind of donk that with either rock or ground um, max move. So mm-hmm. it's cool. I'm not surprised to see it do well. There's another one in top eight as well, and a couple others in the rest of cut. 
Yeah, it definitely makes sense as to why that would be good. And the supporting cast is definitely no surprise either. Yeah. Um, a lot of things you'd expect to see there. At number six, um, uh, pretty all Pokemon you'd kind of expect to see, I would say. Uh, with Chandelure, uh, Milotic, Talonflame is there, Hydreigon, uh, Kinkelder, and then Toxtricity, which uh, I think that was another one of the Pokemon that people were kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll sort of probably see this uptick in, in usage. <laughs> Um, particularly in response to stuff like Primarina and yeah. uh, Sylvian being good. Um, but the other thing about Toxtricity is it loses. It's like only natural prey, uh, which is uh, it was. It's a it's a big uh, Rillaboom check. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But strong Pokemon, yeah. Toxtricity is cool though. I think I, I've always been disappointed that it's like not been very good because I think it's cool in design. I think it has it just, it just like Overdrive is a really cool move. Yeah. Stun Shock is a really cool Gmax move um yeah it's just it doesn't really catch on too well it just it just does less damage than you think it will like every single time it attacks Mm -hmm. is i'm just like okay i remember i i built a team um at some point when you know those like lapras uh dracovish teams really popular yeah which incidentally is is at uh the eighth place (laughs) team i was like okay what if i did that uh with the same concept where like my goal is to set up electric terrain for uh uh toxicity in the early game yeah and i was just like spamming like life orb electric terrain boosted uh freaking overdrives Overdrive, yeah. and just like missing ko's on stuff that i really <laughs> thought like i'm i'm like three hit ko'ing some lapras through veil <laughs> like it's just like what the heck like why do i even bother yeah um so it's just like it's just like never as good as i think it's gonna be uh, which yeah. is a bummer because it's kind of a cool pokemon i feel the same way about chandelure like historically yeah, i think it's... chandelier at least has like like it does stuff other than like click attacks like texture was designed to click attacks and it doesn't right. do it well but i think i feel like every time i've tried to use chandelier i just like it doesn't do quite as much as i need it to mm-hmm. whether it be like surviving stuff or like offensively or whatever yeah and it's typing is like good in some ways but also just terrible in others because it has a lot of kind of common weaknesses like rock water dark ground ghost that's like not types that you want to be super weak to right yeah no i agree um at seventh place uh is kiki is that the same kiki that's also hosting her invitational i think it, it must be oh right? maybe yeah her invitational is what this weekend or next weekend it's gotta be this weekend if players yeah. is coming up or maybe it's in october i don't know her invitation is coming up i know she just released the pools for it and everything so that'll be fun <laughs> to follow i know um kind of like the women's tournament i know there were some people that were thinking of hosting stuff or like doing streams or stuff like that over the weekend that they specifically pushed off to you know give the window to kiki's tournament so that's yeah. really cool uh but she uh, apparently top cut and uh was running a team of chandelure uh dracovish talonflame a lot of hyper offense toxicity yeah. durant and urshifu so it's like all hyper offense <laughs> just gonna come at you and then there's yeah. like an imprison tr chandelure i'm sure i feel like this is a team that always leads talonflame plus x and clicks tailwind and does a lot of damage and you, immediately and you cry and yeah you cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that's scary those are the types of teams that i don't really like to play against there's yeah. this one local that we used to have um I, i've probably talked about it on this podcast before <laughs> but he was just like oh it was uh it must have been during it must have been 18 because he had a whole bunch of ultra beasts and he at one point was running ghostium blacephalon and uh buginium uh 
Feramosa, and he would just lead oh. them, and then you would have to, like, figure out, like, what he was going to target, and, like, how to Ew. It's just, like, the scariest stuff to play against those types of teams. Yeah. Anyway, That's the gross. final team uh, piloted by Yoko is uh, Lapras Dracovish. Uh, in addition to Dusclops, Ferrothorn, Sylvian, and Terrakian. So that's very, very much something that I would have expected to see in the flip to this format. Yeah. And, this is, like, uh, very Series 6. <laughs> yeah, and that's, like, their, like, elements of that team will definitely carry into Series 5. I know, uh, it was, I think it was Kutesh that pioneered the Life Orb Lapras plus Dracovish stuff, mm. um, where he was, like, topping ladder with it. So that's a pretty potent combination, and it's very difficult to stop because the flowchart for that is straightforward, and you have to, like, really play around it. Yeah. Because um, Dracovish will just ruin your day. Um, all right, so that's the top eight, and of course we'll kind of run through some of the things that we like or want to talk about from uh, top 16. And the first thing that I want to talk about is the 11th place team, uh, which is the Riolu Hatterene team. <laughs> um, so that's actually coaching Bullet Punch Riolu. Riolu. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, is the weakness policy and it's on weakness, Hatterene? We- yeah, it's weakness policy okay. hat. Yep. So it, there's like a whole bunch of different like modes where you could go like uh, Dynamax Max Guard into Copycat Trick Room and then like oh, bullet, yeah. bullet Punch Hatterene the next turn. Um, <laughs> Uh, Aaron Trailer was playing games in the scramble with this team, and I saw him uh, coaching Explosion a couple times with Gigalith, <laughs> which is just like, Riolu, no! <laughs> uh, That's but, funny. But also, like, watching Dracovish or Dracozol get coached has to be, like, absolutely terrifying, because yeah. they already do. <laughs> They're, They're both Dracovish, there. Yeah. That's funny. I didn't even yeah. notice that at first. Um, so, yeah, that team is really cool. The team at nine is cool. I, I was saying at the beginning of series six that Sun was going to be good with Ninetales Zard. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to build the Sun team, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't. I, I, I just, obviously I didn't because I didn't get around to it. Um, but I'm glad to see that I was at least somewhat right. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, it was going to be good in some capacity, definitely. Yeah. But uh, um, that's definitely a pretty cool take on it. Uh, what was the other one that I wanted to talk about? Da, 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 da. Oh, um, uh, the 18th place team is one of those teams that we're actually getting quite a bit of buzz, so I'm kind of surprised to not have seen uh, more of this. Oh, there's one at 13 as well. Okay, yeah. I, I thought I had seen one. Um, but there was uh, a lot of talk about the core of uh, Weavile or Drakloak. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've seen Sneasel too. Yeah, Sneasel, uh, because of inner focus, but Dracula yeah. kind of, I think, does that better, um, but without fake out. Yeah. Uh, Weavile, uh, Cobalion, and uh, Colossal, Colossal yeah. uh, with Weavile running both Surf and Beat Up, so you have the yep. opportunity to lead either Colossal or Cobalion and have like really strong offensive modes. Uh, the 18th place team that was piloted by Emily also has. Uh, the Confei Gudra option as well. So there's like a whole bunch of like power duos. Where's uh, the weakness policy though? Because if you're Comfy Gudra, you just want to want the, we would want the policy on Gudra. Uh, I think you that you pull. your sap zipper Gudra and you giga drain it. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's also got the Gastrodon too. It gives you another surf target for Weavile, which is kind of funny. Oh, that's true. I and Gastrodon Cole that. obviously has pretty good. It's synergy. a good yeah, good synergy there as well. Yeah. Um, and I think the last team I'm going to touch on is the Rain team that's sitting at 17 there, because I know there was a lot of talk about how Rain was going to get much better in the flip to uh, Series 6. Um, wasn't really then, finding its mark in Series 5 because of Rillaboom and, and things like that, uh, but it did find its way into top cut 
uh, in this tournament. Rain just gets like completely stifled by both Primarina and Lapras. So yeah, like, well by by mean... any yeah by any number of bulky waters, including like Azumarill, like we talked about. Yeah, and then Rillaboom too. is just absolutely awful for it as well. Well, I get like Rillaboom's not in this format, so oh, that's, that's true. Not a huge deal, but yeah, I mean you're right. Like any even just like Talonflame plus Attacker that's faster than Kingdra right. is an issue too. I think so Rotom's I, in like... this format as well, so Rotom will stifle yeah, it. Yeah, Moongus, Gudra apparently. <laughs> Gudra, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just tough for Rain. Like, if you can find the right like situation for it, if like you've got Kingdra Polyteed in against things that like are going to be underspeeding it, then you can get a, it still does a lot of damage. But yeah. I just think it doesn't really live up to some of the other stuff that series six has no i totally agree it's not so i mean and i like rain too it's yeah. just like if you were actually trying to seek out and you can you can find situations to make it good and it kind of rewards strong hyper offensive play as well or strong offensive play so to speak it's just like if you were analyzing the format top to bottom i feel like you would very quickly find yourself moving away from rain is, yeah is, is all i'm saying definitely all right so this is the one series six tournament <laughs> uh, it will live on in history because we are now immediately going back to Series 5 again for Players' Cup 2. But uh, a lot of these teams, I think we were able to talk about a little bit, do kind of have elements of them uh, that you'll find uh, probably successful in certain Series 5 teams as well. You're probably mm-hmm. going to want to make sure you get your Incineroar and your Rillaboom and your Togekiss back in there if you want to use some of the concepts. But like there are Pokemon that can definitely work there. I think Jake was talking about Talonflame. Uh, obviously Urshifu is going to make its way over there, Dracovish Lapras, yeah. uh, and then, you know, we always see Arcanine, Rotomwash, Milotic, things like that, so, um, and, and again, I have to remember, I need to go watch finals, because I'm really interested <laughs> as to what happened there, uh, but yeah, that was a really cool tournament, and of course, we are having Alyssa Smith on this week, I'm not sure if we actually said that, I think, uh, maybe not, we alluded to it, <laughs> yeah, we alluded to it, but Alyssa Smith, uh, the TO for the women's tournament is our guest this week. So I'm going to stop talking about the women's tournament because we are going to speak to Alyssa um, at length about it. So we're going to take a short break for just a few seconds. You can listen to some music and then we'll be back uh, with Alyssa uh, for the second half of our show. So stay tuned. Hey trainers, and welcome back to part two of our Soundproof episode this week, which is, of course, episode 24. And at this point, we are now joined by our guest for the week, uh, who is uh, Alyssa Smith, the uh, tournament organizer and, of course, a player in her own right, but uh, a tournament organizer for the uh, Women's VGC tournament uh, that took place, I believe, two weekends ago. Uh, Time all blends together these days, but (laughs) Alyssa, uh, welcome to our show. Hi, thanks for having me. Super excited to be awesome. here. Awesome. So, uh, so obviously the, the, the women's tournament, it was two weekends ago, right? I, I just want to make sure that I'm at least like, <laughs> in the same month here. Yeah, it was September 5th. September 5th. I know, it was the Saturday. Okay. So it was, yeah. okay, yeah. So two weekends right. ago. Okay, good. Oh my god, I feel so much better. <laughs> um, so it was a, a tournament, just to, to give a little background of what happened, it was a, a VGC tournament uh, that Alyssa was uh, the lead tournament organizer of, um, uh, that consisted of only women entrants, which is an unprecedented event 
uh, in the VGC community. Um, it was really exciting. I know I was following along with the, the streams all weekend, and uh, it got a, an awesome uh, reception, I think, from the community. For the most part, we won't talk about the couple bad eggs that you know are always present, uh, but it was a really cool event, and again, the first uh, tournament of its kind. Uh, so we... Um, with our, our efforts to try and, uh, you know, broadcast some of the voices uh, in the VGC community, wanted to make sure that um, we covered this event. Uh, so thanks again for joining us, Lissa. So um, some of the questions that, that we wanted to talk to you about are, first of all, like, what went into, like, why did you feel like this was an event that you wanted to go forward with? Why did you set out to organize this tournament? Um. So throughout the summer, I kind of heard of, people coming up with the idea of a women's tournament. Like, I didn't come up with the idea, like, myself um, in hosting it. Um, I think Maeve posted something about interest for it, like, in the beginning of the summer, but that just never ended up happening. And then I was definitely interested in, like, playing in one. Like, some people had kind of mentioned it, and I was like, that'd be really cool. But it just never happened. So, um, Mystic posted, uh, like, a graphic of it she's like this isn't real but like this would be really cool and i was like you know what let's make it actually real and i just i was like this is i want the i wanted to get it to happen um because i had been waiting for it all summer so and it had a lot of positive feedback as well so i knew that the community like i was like i knew it wasn't going to be really bad like backlash um for just wanting to host this kind of tournament yeah i think the kind of person that would like, especially get on to you for hosting a tournament like this isn't really someone that we want to be appeasing anyway so <laughs> it's probably probably a good thing <laughs> Def yeah definitely sure. agree so so when you uh when you what went into you eventually like taking the reins for the tournament like how did you go from somebody that was interested in in playing in it to actually becoming the tournament organizer um, well, I messaged Mystic about it, um, because I was kind of interested in terms of, like, I, I wanted to potentially run this thing, uh, or, or kind of be, like, a Tepotio, in a way. Um, uh, but I, like, because I know that for an event maybe potentially this big, like, I couldn't really run it completely myself. Um, I've been, I've hosted a couple of other online tournaments in the past, just for, like, some smaller, like, Chicago kind of area events, since quarantine has been a thing, um. So I've definitely run some online tournaments before, but I knew I needed another person to kind of help, at least with the basics and kind of confirm some things. So I reached out to Mystic, and then um, Stacy, um, Average Joe, was also interested. So we kind of, three as a team, kind of came up with um, some of the basics and everything. Uh, Mystic wanted to play, for sure, and Stacy wanted to be, um, like, a TO as well uh, before, like, the day of and, like, helping players out with everything so i ended up um kind of running a lot of the server and then along with just getting out a lot of information and such um for all of this and it it ended up really we had a lot of support i really couldn't have done it without a lot of people signal boosting this um which was really really awesome so that was for sure really great i had a lot of support in terms of like people reaching out for uh, to offer help as well. So I had a lot of people just to, to um, back and forth ideas and confirmations on some things and how we want to run it and everything like that. Yeah, I noticed that there are a lot of people talking about it in like in the lead up to it and even on the day of 
uh, you know, like talking about it even in private spaces, like, oh, this is a cool event that's going on. People were like interested in watching the stream and rooting on their friends that were playing. And so, you know, I think, you know, aside from the, the social aspect of it, uh, I think even like tournaments in general right now are kind of few and far between. So I think people are really excited to participate in whatever way they can. Obviously, for the people that uh, could play in the tournament, they got a chance to like play Series 6 and get some games in. But for the people that, you know, like me and Brendan, the men who weren't in the tournament but still like watching it, I, I personally thought it was really fun. I watched some of the stream. I thought it went pretty well. And I just think it was a really cool thing that you guys put together. Um, so... In in doing all of this, obviously we we've talked a little bit about some of the logistics, but what was like your what was some of your overall goals for the tournament? Because like you don't obviously you don't really hold a tournament like this without some underlying like cause in mind. I think especially in a time like this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know there is a lot of like women who came out with like some stories and such over just because of quarantine and. A lot of things have potentially been just kind of coming out. And for me personally, I've actually never really experienced anything bad in an event for me, but I know a lot of women who have. So I really wanted to create a welcoming space for women in the community because I know there's there's not a, there's not a lot of women at tournaments. Uh, we're like 10%. Every single regional major I've been to, I try and count um, to see, and we're like 10% all the time. So I really wanted to just have a tournament for women who like just have like a welcome safe space to play who there would be as minimum burial minimal burials barriers as possible to really get them to play pokemon um and also really kind of highlight women as well um like not in the way of like oh we don't need men to you know do well but kind of be like these are the women who are really really good at this game and you know any anyone can really play and um, be awesome at this game as well. We had a ton of mm -hmm. new players make top cut. It was really cool. We had, I think, three of our top four basically was one of their first That's tournaments, awesome. basically, like, yeah. <laughs> in all reality. It was really cool. So, um, it's just it's just really nice to have just so many new players really come in and find a really safe space for them to exist in and just play Pokemon. Yeah, I think that... that was one of my favorite things about it was to see all the new players because I think that's that's kind of like you know one of the one of the coolest stories that you know as, as a commentator I've I've had the opportunity to follow are those folks that like step into their first or second uh, tournament be it a regional you know in in normal times or something like that and make a run into top cut or something like that and I think it's so cool that we you know gave a platform for all these women to step into a game. Uh, in a space, you know, that was provided because, you know, they might not have even stepped into the VGC realm at all with, if not for this tournament. And because the space was provided for them, we got the opportunity to, uh, you know, watch some of those top cut runs and, and uh, players really come into their own a little bit. Um, so that was really exciting for me. I definitely agree with you. Um, so with that vision in mind, what kind of things did, did you kind of like have on your list or did you set out to do when you were organizing the tournament? Um, one of the things that we really wanted to do was to create a discord of kind of like a safe space discord. It took a bit of uh, running through the first couple of days when we made it public in terms of exactly what we wanted from it. But we ended up doing a space where it's, it's public to everyone. Um, of course, we do have to make you... Make sure you're all respectful and everything and 
the Discord, just like a lot of other ones. Um, but we have a like designated kind of safe space, specifically for women and women identifying, um, to really feel safe, just to know that hey, these, um, like they feel safe in like their own community. Um, and it's really cool because you have a lot of just people in the server, everyone being supportive, and then in the safe space, it's really nice that no one's hesitant to ask a question, to like be worried that because they're a new player, they'll get shot down. Um, we wanted to make a space where people felt welcome to begin in VGC, and it's been really amazing to watch a lot of the players feel so welcome. And, like, I didn't even know there were so many <laughs> women in VGC myself. <laughs> like, there were some more Chicago players. And I was like, I've never really seen you at tournaments. Yeah. This is insane. Um, or I've seen them only a couple of times. And um, there's more, like, Australia. Like, I didn't know there was so many in Australia. I, I talk with, a, like, a lot of Australian friends, and there's never that many players there. Um, like, Minnesota had a lot, too. And just all over the world, it's been really cool just everyone coming together to just be able to play and meet each other. So kind of moving forward to Discord as well, um, I really want to create even more safe spaces. Like just this to this is a place to exist um, for RL events too, like in real life. And so people know, hey, I can go in a group of people and I know these people before going to a big major. So that maybe we'll have more women at tournaments because they aren't really worried about going alone or kind of being the only woman there. Uh, yeah, I, I like that a lot. That That's something I was going to bring up, is that, you know, I think this is a really good way to, you know, get more women and people that, who women identifying people, as you said, um, just interested in, like, knowing that they can come and like, play this game that we all love in this new way that they may not have experienced before and, you know, not feel like they are being judged or not feel like they have to, you know, live up to certain expectations or you know, do whatever else people might put on them. Like, this is just a space for you to come, exist, enjoy yourself, play VGC, meet people, etc. Um, so I, I think that's really cool. And I like that you you made that happen. Um, do you think this is something that you could replicate, you know, once we get back to, like, a, an actual circuit, like actual tournaments in person? Do you think this is something that, you know, might help people start coming to tournaments in person? Or do you think this is mostly just an online thing? Um, so do you mean, like, having a women's tournament in person, or, like, the uh, effects of the Mo tournament Mostly online? the effects, yeah. I just, I, sorry, I rephrased that badly. I know having an, just an all-women tournament in person might be a little difficult. Um, but, you know, do you think something like yeah. this could encourage more people to come to in-person tournaments? Um, yeah, I think, for sure, it'll encourage some more people. Um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to set up some parts of the Discord where um, we can, like, make specifically for some mm. events, like, um, I don't know, for Collinsville Regionals. Like, everyone who's thinking of going to Collinsville Regionals, we can just this channel for you where we can all see, oh, who wants to go, who's interested. Um, so that we can even, like, group there and just have some friends there that you already know um, rather than having to go with maybe someone else, um, relying on someone else that to go with you and... Um, just to also maybe to some locals too, being able to maybe carpool or of some sort if there's enough people in your area. Um, and I think it'll also 
make people more confident in playing as well because it's their first step in a VGC. And in terms of how awesome the community really has been for this, I think it'll help people just, yeah, like I said, be more confident in going to tournaments in real life in terms of their own playing rather than always being worried about being judged mm-hmm. as a new player and also not being worried, not being as worried about being judged like yeah. as a woman as well. So a question that I have is kind of like, uh, I don't want to say the exact opposite to, to Jake's question, but do you feel like the tournament also had a positive impact on perhaps the way that, um, that men perceive the women in the community and that, you know, we should hope or expect that maybe there will be, you know, a little bit of a change in behavior because of increased amount of awareness. I I think I'd like to believe. Yeah, I'd like to believe that there's been so much positivity. Um, like I said, I've actually never really personally seen or experienced mm-hmm. it myself, um, which is, in my opinion, very surprising for me. Like, I'm like, how has I? I've been playing for eight oh, years. Wow. So, um, yeah, I've since, yeah, <laughs> a long time, too long. <laughs> so the fact that I've never really, at least personally, think that I've experienced it um, is kind of odd to me, but um, hopefully people will be on the lookout more, will understand that this behavior that women have faced and have to, um, have to deal with like, right. isn't acceptable. Um with so much support from the tournament that, like, what was really cool, we had over 3,000 different people watch our stream the weekend. We've only, we only had a band one person for saying some not-so-great comments. And it was really cool that it was only one person. Those are, those are great numbers. I think, yeah, I, I would have expected, like, like between 20 and 50 if you had asked me given the viewership <laughs> so hopefully that's a positive step i think like you said we we'd like to believe that it's a positive step <laughs> so uh, sure. after the tournament was over and everything was kind of wrapped up and everything like that do you feel like the goals that you set out to accomplish with the tournament uh were met how did how did you know the tournament run uh actually compare to your expectations um and do you feel like you did what you set out to do with it? I feel it went extremely well, and it did. It did really happen. Um, sorry, it did really come out with outcomes that I was hoping for it to. Um, like I had a like a lot of people were just so happy with it. A lot of women were so grateful that they were able to play in like a really great space, and a lot of them said they had a very genuinely great time. Which, which was really great. And I know a lot of people in like the stream chat as well had a lot of fun. And it was just a lot of positivity. I know that we've had like 2020 just been a bad year. And uh, there's been a lot of, more than a bad year, but um, it's been, it's been a lot of negativity in the air. And especially since we've really not been able to hang out with friends, release that stress, playing Pokemon and just kind of doing what we normally do. Um, it was really, really great to see the community be so absolutely positive this weekend, uh, or last weekend, <laughs> not this weekend. Um, <laughs> or Whatever it was, the weekend. My bad. Some <laughs> yeah, weekend. too far. Yeah, time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it really is. Um, 
So, it, yeah, it was just, I was really cool, like, stream chat, like, just carrots apparently happened, like, of some sort, the, the tournament chat in Discord, and then the stream chat in Discord, or in the, the stream, started talking about carrots <laughs> of some sort, and I was kind of, like, watching it on the sidelines. I was like, I don't really know what that is, but I'm just, just here running this, um, so it was really cool, just everyone kind of came together and just had a fun time in the tournament. Sometimes you just need to talk about produce, I understand that. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, as someone that didn't participate in the tournament directly, like even I experienced some of it because there were so many people just talking about it, whether it be like talking about watching it on stream or like talking about how their friends were doing or I like me talking to people that were playing and asking them how they were doing and everything. Like it, you could tell that it was a big event for the community and like everyone knew it was happening, everyone was excited for it, and everyone was talking about it. And I think that's something that we haven't really had for like like a big online tournament in a while. Like obviously everyone knew players cup was happening. Everyone knew something like champions tour was happening. Champions cup, whatever the wolf and a drive one, I forget the name. Um, but I, I think people just kind of understood the gravity of what this tournament was kind of doing for some people in our community that might have been, you know, somewhat underrepresented in the past. So that, that I think was really cool. Is there anything that you feel like you would have changed about the way that the that you ran the tournament, or or anything that you wish had gone differently? Um, I don't think too much. I mean, maybe more advertising and two degree. Um, I was moving in with college, basically. Oh, that's that right. Month. That was that um, weekend, uh, the first prior. weekend of September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was first week of September. My first day of classes were like kind of near the end of August, so I was moving in kind of middle to the end of August, so it was really difficult trying to get everything together, especially since I'm a freshman here, so it's like, how do this, right? Um, Just getting everything situated and getting adjusted. So, um, probably to some degree, some more advertising. Um, I wish I'd been able to post on Reddit, I think, mm-hmm. a little bit earlier and such. Um, it was just a bit difficult, too, and everything. Um, but overall, like, I'm pretty happy with it. Like, there are some, um, things like the land set up with stream. That was kind of difficult, but we did get that set up. Um, if only we had spectator <laughs> online games, that would be great. Um, <laughs> really great. Um, so just a couple of loose ends that were able to, s- that slipped me by and kind of, like, setting up a little bit. But it wasn't anything major that, um... I would really change about the tournament. Um, but something that I was potentially worried about was someone, I don't know why they would, but like, you know, there are always bad eggs. Someone pretending to like going under an right. Al- Elliot, Elias, or however you pronounce that word, um, in the tournament, and then, you know, doing really well or something, and then they're like, hey, I'm a guy, see, I'm, yeah, or yeah. something of that sort. Like, just trying to mess up the tournament because they could or something. Because I never, I never wanted any tournament to like have to verify that you're a woman or anything. Because it's just like that could be intrusive. That could be like I don't, I didn't want that kind of, um, I guess, yep. atmosphere of it. I was just like, this is very welcoming, and I wanted to welcome. Yeah, people. you didn't, you didn't make people like show their driver's um, license so. or anything. Like, okay, prove right. it. <laughs> that would be, I that would, yeah. Yeah, like we had like some seniors. Yeah, too, exactly. So. We had some people from Japan play, which is really cool. Um, we had I actually had a couple of people from Japan play, and then we had someone, a 
Japanese player's mom messaged me about the oh, tournament cool. too, uh, and how she was excited to play. And because she was like a senior or a junior, um, I forget her name. Um, she's like really top, like juniors mm-hmm. in Japan, and it was really cool. Like she was so excited to play and just everything. So that was really cool to get that kind of experience um, from it. Um, but yeah, I guess <laughs> to kind of go back to like the original question, like changing it, um, not by much. Um, I like to just get it out even more, maybe next time or of some sort. But it was, I really liked how it ran. I think it's hard to argue that it was an overwhelmingly positive event. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I think it was kind of a nitpicky question. Uh, but I, I totally agree with you that it, that it, it, it ran incredibly smoothly and then the numbers were awesome hearing that viewership makes me really happy too because i was kind of wondering about that and i think i saw it peak at a couple hundred viewers as well but 3000 unique is is really awesome yeah um it was really really cool yeah we had i think at some point the max was like 700 wow. on the sunday we think it might have been a bot raid because it was like 500 700 <laughs> oh. 500 but who knows <laughs> but we yeah, technically um so to change gears on you a little bit and this is kind of to shift back into sort of like a live target circuit scenario why why do you think it is i think you you said earlier on that um that the the women representation at tournaments is like 10 percent um and i'm actually surprised that it's that high to be honest with you (laughs) um so why do you think that female players are, are typically underrepresented at tournaments I think part of it has to do with kind of what I said before, where there have been a lot of not-so-great encounters that women have had with uh, men, um, just in general, and then also at tournaments. Um, because it is isn't it is a male-dominated field, of uh, or gaming field, I guess. And, uh, well, I mean, gaming in general right. kind of is. Um, and just a lot of women, they're really meant to, like... Society doesn't seem to like to take women as seriously in video games as they do men. Because I know a lot of women who play video games, because, you know, like playing video games, but a lot of them do it casually. So it seems like a lot of society kind of seems like, oh, women will play it casually of some sort, or there's a lot of potential stereotypes. And, well, I haven't personally really faced it, but I know that it can be kind of hard for some people um, and for some women, for sure. And I know that can be a um, very, like, very pronounced um, just stereotype kind of just placed in yeah. your face. And they're like, oh, I can't do that. Or I'm not going to do that because people are, are going to hate me for playing it or something. Um, like, I know uh, there's been a lot of TCG stories. I know of, like, off a trading card game that there have been women who... Or a, a man, uh, their opponent will ask, "Are oh, yeah. you your boyfriend or something?" And they're just not right. taken seriously, um, which is just not great. So, like, even just in encounter with that, if that's your first regional and someone says that to you, like, people probably won't want to play again. And so you drop, you don't have that that woman who was excited to play, and now they're not as excited because someone kind of shot them down. Or someone was like, oh, why are you even playing? Like, you know, you're a new player or something like that. And then there's also the potential, like, because it can be intimidating when there's an entire, like, convention mm-hmm. center full of men, um, basically. Like, when there's not a lot of women, you can't really connect as well 
um, if you just if that's just not typically your community. So hopefully, with if there's more women who know that there are women going, then to be more um, more uh, I'm forgetting the word more incentivized to yeah go to events. And that's one thing that I think kind of circling back to you know the in person effects of something like this online women's tournament. Or, or, or like this ongoing discord that you're keeping open like I, I, the sad thing is it it just takes like one bad event one like uh, backhanded comment one you know just negative experience for someone to just like not want to come back and i think women are much more susceptible to experiencing those you know, kind of one-off comments or you know weird behaviors that would make them you know dissuaded from coming back which is really sad um, but I, I really like that concept of like, well, if I know that these women that I've talked to online and played this women's tournament with, are going to be at these tournaments in person. Maybe I'll go and hang out with them. We can feel safer together. Um, hopefully, obviously in, in a perfect scenario, they wouldn't have to feel unsafe because the men wouldn't be causing them to feel unsafe, but that's uh, a bit idealistic right now. Uh, that's something that obviously the, we can, as men can be working towards. Um, but in the meantime, um, I yeah I, I yeah I agree I just I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> so uh, again to change gears here, uh, we did want to I think we would be remiss in in kind of the the uh, goals and mission of our podcast if we didn't talk a little bit about the Pokemon that happened at this tournament. <laughs> um, uh, you know, given the numbers of it and some of the cool teams, I know I was talking a lot to. Um, uh, to Aaron Trailer, who is like going crazy about some of the teams that he was playing that came out of the tournament, um, and uh, I think uh, we talked a little bit about it right before we started recording, Alyssa. But uh, given that this is basically going to be the defining event of Series Six, <laughs> uh, in a poke from a Pokemon perspective, what did we see come out of the tournament here? Um, we for sure saw um, Arcanine, Primarina, and Amoongus were our top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our usage stats, <laughs> um, we found out it was a lot of um, this kind of hyper offensive um, Pokemon. Uh, we saw there's a lot of Porygon Z, a lot of Lapras as well. Um, uh, let me pull up the top teams real quick. Sorry, um, but we did have Fiona with her Duraludon team, I believe, which was mm-hmm. really really cool. And then we had Daria's double team. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. I also forgot really the double cool. team. <laughs> yeah, that I've been playing with the double a bit on ladder, and it's been really, really cool because it doesn't have any speed control except for the double. Um, like at all. Like the dust clubs doesn't even. Oh, have does it have, is it. it is it cotton spore? Is that the double? Is max strike. Oh, no. the speed control. I was like, oh, cotton sport. Only thing that can come out of oh, that. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, there were. <laughs> it was definitely a really cool team, but it was a really consistent team. I've been playing with it on ladder, and I'm like basically master ball. Like I haven't played a lot of ladder, so I had to go through a couple <laughs> of ranks. But it was a really cool team. Um, there's been a lot of Urshifu. Uh, we saw these uh, number two team was Azumarill, Hydreigon. Uh, Sylveon, Talonflame, Drakkie, mm-hmm. and Fairy. Kind of looks almost like 2015 yeah. team. Um, I remember I played Sylveon, Hydreigon, and Talonflame mm-hmm. back in, like, oh gosh, 2015 yeah. Madison. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> that was, that was a great the team. whole like seriously reminds um, me of like 2014 as a format. It does feel they, they feel very bit. similar. <laughs> yeah, any really turn, any uh, metagame with Talonflame in it reminds <laughs> yeah. me of 2014. <clears throat> There was this lot of talent playing with Mergus. Um, there were a lot, a lot of like Kabayans. Um, like, because those are like the there's sub legends, right? That's the technical term for them. Um, they're like the only three, like Kabayan, Trakian, and Frisian, are like the three sub legends. But they're not as widely used as like Arcanine or Mungus. Like they're not like hyper powerful. Um, though I do love using beat up on my Kabayan that I have. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, those beat-up strats are um, cool. Yeah, there's been a lot of... Yeah, they are. I have a lot of uh, grass types. A lot of strong grass types came out of this tournament. Mm-hmm. We had a Serena. Uh, you had a Mingus. Um, and Ferrothorn as well, for sure. Yeah, and that huge uh, monkey-shaped... And that, that huge monkey-shaped hole that was left uh, <laughs> from the transition from Series 5 to Series 6. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we did see a lot of Durant, which was kind of cool. Uh, I don't, I don't love facing the ant, so there's only a couple in top fight. Yeah, I did think that was kind of surprising. Um, I think that Durant is something that a lot of people had pegged to be really good in Series Six, but I'm looking at your the top sixteen stats that you posted on your Twitter. Like Durant's not even on there, and I think there's just one in top cut, if I'm not mistaken, or one in top eight at least. Um, uh, no, there's two. Never mind. Yeah, we think we had uh, Diana played a Durant. Diana played Durant. Tanya played Durant. And uh, I, think I think Megan and Diana had the same team, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Megan. Yeah. So there are a couple. And there's only like one Charizard, I think. Like, there was like, oh, not a lot yeah. of Charizard. That was one of the things was I was most surprised about. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I see one Charizard out of it with the Shiro's, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. Like, it's like, this Charizard with Saw Ninetales, like, you'd think it's everywhere, but no, it's, mm. it's really not. And do you think that, given that this it's is... Not really cool... That given that this is, like, the big Series 6 tournament, whether or not it's going to have any implications for when we go back to Series 5 now? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, for sure, because of the Series 5 transition. It, it really did mess up the meta, and that kind of scares me mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, because I don't really know what's happening, and I don't know if anyone else knows what's happening, really. Um, because, like, people are really kind of just mushing together Series 6 and Series 5 teams I've yeah, seen so far. Way. Um, there's a lot more, like, Lapras, there's a lot more Urshifu than there were at the yeah. end of Series 5. Uh, there's a lot more Dracozolt as well, I've noticed. Um, like, they, there's, people are using your Series 6 teams that are, like, throwing, <laughs> like, a Rillaboom or an Insane over, like, a, a couple of Pokemon. Um, because it's like, it makes it better, but my team's still awesome, so who knows? <laughs> like it's the opposite of what yeah. we were expecting to happen as we went from 5 to 6, where people were like, oh, I'm going to use this team, except I have to sub Rillaboom out for Serena now, or something like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could kind of see Talonflame sticking around. I think it was starting to pick up a little bit towards the end of Series 5. I know a couple people used it in the Players' Cup like qualifier, like the the bracket part of it. Um, so I, I, that's something I think could possibly stick around, but I don't know. There's a lot of stuff like I don't know if people will stay on the Arcanine train or if they'll go immediately back to Incineroar, but that's kind of a debate that everyone's been having all year so far. Is you know, is Arcanine worth using? 
if Incineroar exists or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like Fire Naga, but uh, I've been running Incin on my team so far. Um, Fake Out is just so nice. <laughs> and do you, do you feel like the tournament... I don't know, this is a hard thing to project, but do you feel like the results of the tournament were different than they would have been if it was like a mixed uh, mixed gender tournament? I'm not entirely sure, because um, I think to a degree there's a lot of newer players, because, I mean, there's a lot of women who never really played before, so there's a lot more newer players. And so with newer players, you tend to have, like, more off-night right. teams, mm-hmm. to a degree. Like, I see a Clef Key and a Lifeguard on a team here. We've top four, mm-hmm. had a Clef Key and a Lifeguard. Like, that's really cool. We had a Hitmon top. Um, we had a lot of, like, there's a Toxtricity um, I saw, and, like, there's just some really cool Pokemon um, in the usage stats. Um, and, like, if it was a mixed tournament, you just have a higher ratio, I think, of um, more, um, what's the word? Uh, experienced mm. players as well who tend to like run more consistent mm-hmm. teams in terms of like it might be more like more Primarina, more Mingus, more Arcanine, more Dusclops, you know, those Pokemon that just are consistent rather than running. Um, like, it's a really cool one. Like running than, uh, than Clefkey or something mm-hmm. like that, which ended up making top four. I think now that you've said it out loud, that makes total sense. I had never yeah. really thought of thought about it in those terms as much, but I think I think I think you're totally right. Okay, I think we made our way through anything. So before we kind of like move on and wrap up here, is there any anybody that was involved in the tournament running or or anybody that you want to like give a shout out to or recognize real quick? All right, I got I probably got a lot of them, so hope I don't miss <laughs> any. Um. Shout out to uh, Taryn and Stacy, uh, kind of being like co-TOs, and Taryn was super helpful in running like the stream and everything like that. Um, Stacy was too, definitely helping with like confirming like tournament setup and everything. And then um, we shout out to uh, May, who helped run the stream. Really, uh, they were wonderful, really great. Also with merchandise, pretty cool. Um, uh, for sure, we had my shout out to my stream mods. Um, I have a list of my stream mods. I don't know if I'll get all of them. Um, I had like seven of them. Um, but, uh, shout out to Devin, uh, Misora, Colton, Aaron, um, Stellar Kitty, and then, um, Chip, uh, Chip, oh my gosh, I can't, <laughs> I can't pronounce this. Chip it, Chip you at, Chip, Are you Chip talking about Megan? Yeah. Megan. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is that Megan? That's Megan. Okay. I'm not that great with online sometimes, so I'm going off the Discord name. So, shout out to my awesome stream mods. Uh, You guys are wonderful. Um, And then, another shout out to Colton for helping us with the stream with the LAN setup. That was... (laughs) Yeah, that's hard. (laughs) I've heard that's always a pain. (laughs) Yeah, he helped us with that. Yeah, it was a pain, for sure. But he helped us set it up, because he's done it before. So, that was super great. And then, just a shout out to, like, just everyone who's been super supportive. It's been... It's been a really great time um, discussing with everyone and just getting just any support, really, which really, mm-hmm. was really wonderful. All right. I think it's time that we kind of flip the script here a little bit. When we have our guests on, we like to see if they have any questions for us. So, Alyssa, 
If you have any burning questions to ask me and Brendan, now is the time to fire away. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a burning <laughs> question, but I was like, I don't know. Um, so I was like, all right, do you think there's life outside of Earth? Like, in did space you, somewhere? Did you somewhere. read the article about Venus? Is that where this is coming from? No. Oh my goodness. Okay. Wait, what article? There was like a New York Post article like yesterday that came out about how they found phosphine on Venus that implies that there's some sort of life on it. It was so interesting. I just like it's it came across my Twitter when I was at work and I was like, Dear dear Lord, I have so much to do, but there might be <laughs> life on Venus, so I have to read this article right now. <laughs> um and it was talking about how like ever since like they discovered that venus was like had intense pressure and was 800 degrees fahrenheit or whatever that they basically like stopped studying it and then they just like found phosphine and venus by accident <laughs> just it's so crazy um so i don't know i feel like as far as like life being in the universe just given that like it's effectively infinite that the chances of there not being life are incredibly small. So I'm going to go with yes. That's basically how I feel too. Like if the universe is infinite, then like statistically, probably like I, I'm not going to rule anything out. I do. I think we'll ever come into contact with like other intelligent beings Not in our lifetime. Probably not. Yeah. But I think to think that there's nothing else out there in the vast nothingness of space would be a little irresponsible. <laughs> In the same sense, yeah. I like to think right now that there's an alternate universe where I'm recording my po this podcast, but also all of my paperwork is done. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> all right, uh, you have to answer the question too as well, Alyssa. Oh, I do? Yep. Uh, yeah, you do. Well, I guess mine's pretty much the motif where, where you have like just the infinite possibility mm -hmm. is there's a high probability mm -hmm. that um, yeah, the, the idea of, like, of such randomness that there has to be something statistically yeah. in that kind of like how technically in pi because it's so infinite and random that there's binary of every book yeah in pi. Yeah. Like, oh wow yeah i never thought about it like that yeah it's a lot is uh, what we're gonna take away from this next episode we'll be talking about the concept of infinity yes it's various <laughs> applications all right my my favorite little segment of every episode is the music segment, of course. Uh, this week I've been listening. That was a word. I've been listening to a lot of Clean Bandit again, which is fun. Mm. Um, if you know the song "Rather Be," that's theirs from like 2014, I think. Uh, but the album "Rather Be" was on is called New Eyes, and they have a more recent one called "What Is Love" that's really good. That that recent album "What Is Love" has like a lot of really like high profile collabs. Because, like, Clean Bandit mostly just produces the music and they don't do many vocals themselves. But, like, on that album, they have features with Marina and the Diamonds, Demi Lovato, Ellie Goulding, um, Rita Ora, like, Charlie XCX. Like, a lot of... Yeah, it's a good album. Zara Larson, too. Yeah, there's a lot of, there are a lot of like, really good singers on the album. So, I love it. The one with Zara Larson is the best Symphony. album, by the way. Yeah, best song on the album. Yeah, debatable. Um, so, <laughs> uh, what I was listening to this week is I was at the grocery store the other day and, uh, that song, um, heaven by Brian Adams came on. So I did a little bit of a dive back into like nineties love songs. Um, and it really brought me <laughs> back because I used to listen to Delilah a lot on the variety radio station when I was younger. Um, so I was really like back in like my sixth, seventh grade feels for the week. It was great. 
<laughs> oh gosh. That song's gonna be in my head all night now. <laughs> uh, Alyssa, do you have any music you'd like to share? Um, I got a couple of uh, bands. Like, I like uh, pop music, so I like the script mm-hmm. yeah. a lot. One Republic and Coldplay. That was just really cool. Like, I feel like they're really wholesome yeah. songs, too. Like, I just, they're really nice mm-hmm. to listen to. Do you, there's never been like any controversy yeah, around anyone in any of those bands. Like, I think wholesome is like a very good word to describe them. And I, I would never have thought of that myself. <laughs> Chris Chris Martin was like an outspoken liberal figure like in the early 2000s before it was cool to be an outspoken liberal figure. So like yeah. I feel like there might have been a little of controversy there. But yeah, That's I understand fair. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I listen to that stuff too. Those those are good bands. Coldplay got me through the hardest semester of my undergrad <laughs> i just played milo's i on replay i think on everybody the whole time. everybody has a cold play story like that yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they do all right well i think that's gonna do it for us uh this week here Alyssa. thanks again so much for coming on to talk with us about your tournament um i, I think it's just like so awesome that you guys were able to create such like an overwhelmingly positive event uh for the community and um you know for a group that definitely needs it yeah it was uh, it was definitely really great to run and I'm, I'm very glad i was able to do it awesome all right well jake and i are going to take a break for just a few seconds and we will be right back so stay tuned Welcome back. I hope you didn't miss us too much. We were only gone for a couple seconds. There was music. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, uh, but we're back. Yeah, we're just going to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks for coming by for episode 24. Uh, we're happy to get to talk to Alyssa. We're happy to get another episode out uh, in less than six weeks' time uh, <laughs> in between, <laughs> which is kind of what we had defaulted to. And I think uh, we'll get the opportunity to pump out a couple more episodes over the next couple weeks yeah. uh, with Players Cup coming back. So there will be. A lot of series five to cover i'm sure there will be some like bonehead tpci decision at some point as it pertains to series five that we'll get to talk about <laughs> uh cough series six should be players cup two cough but uh yeah thanks for coming by yeah be sure to check us out on social media as always uh Alyssa's is at temporal vgc follow her for any more updates on uh, any women's tournament stuff that I'm sure she'll be tweeting about the Discord that she was mentioning. And also just to support a great person in the community, because that's what we do. We love supporting good people here on Soundproof. Um, mine is at MajorBowman underscore. Brendan's is MrBDog46VGC. Soundproof's is at SoundproofCast. Y'all know the drill by now. Follow us. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us we're great. Don't tell us we suck if you think we suck. Just like keep that to yourself. Because um, we have very fragile... Uh, psyches and that would yeah. destroy us. Yeah, if you want to tell me that Jake sucks or tell Jake <laughs> that I suck, like that's fine. We hear Just it. So, yeah. like, so like, so that we know and we can kind of like work in, uh, <laughs> you know, in in a more gentle manner. But but we're we're yeah, we can't handle it straight up. So uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll probably be back in a couple weeks. Thanks for coming by. We'll be back with episode twenty five of our uh, quarter quarter 
quarter of a hundred episodes. <laughs> quarter century. <laughs> I was going to say quarter century episode. I don't think it quite works like that. So I yeah. Don't laugh at me. It's late at night. All right. Thanks for coming by. We'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. And again, check us out on our socials. And uh, we'll see you all around. Good luck in Players Cup.